What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we're coming to you live from a bunch of places on the internet. We're live on Facebook. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Twitch. We're live on X. X, the cool yeah, social yeah. site that everybody loves. I scoot live on there. Or maybe it's broken. It doesn't work anymore. Who knows? Maybe you're listening later on Spotify or Apple or Android or wherever you get your podcast. Just a note here at the beginning. Stitcher is going away. We've been plugging it for a while, but it's going away at the end of August. So if you're subscribed on Stitcher, subscribe literally anywhere else you can get podcasts because it's not going to be around for long. But, folks, we have a packed show for you. Yeah, we packed. It's packed to the brim. But we're going to pack it even harder right now because... (laughs) As we always do, once a month we pay tribute to our Patreon supporters, specifically people who have pledged at the $5 and above level. We give a little thank you shout out to them. I will mention, we didn't do this last month, and I do apologize for that, but, the, but that's only because all three of us were not on the show at the same time. Yeah, at it's, any our point last it's our month. fault. It's, so it's our fault. It's not our fault. It's our fault. It's been, we've been busy. So I guess what we'll probably do is we'll do it this week, and then maybe we'll do it next week as well. As yeah! Like all right! <laughs> Sounds like a rehearsal. So why don't we kick it off with a big thank you to Oidis Larson, Aaron C. Hollis, Adam DeRose, Adam Harwitz, Adam Marks, Adriel Moreland, Elena Fontenot, Amanda Harris, Andrew, Andrew Primo, Andrew Tillman, Ashy G, Beercat PhD, Benjamin Brown, Carly G, Carly W, Carrie Matthews, Chris Leatherman, Christina Jaramillo, Christina Rensfield. Chris Terlizzi. Clemens Luer. Curtis LaRock. Demand Ryan. Dan Snow. Daniel Cabrera. Daniel Fuentes. Daniel Warden. Danny Heck. Debbie Gloom. Dennis Scott. Derek Mainhart. Doug Sadaway. Dylan L.J. Eduardo Martinez. Emmett Quish. Aaron Durian. Jeffrey Risher. Gerard de Villiers. Isaac Carter, Jake Fry, James Connolly, James Kurtz, Jane or Jaron Townsend, Jason, Jason Donahue, Jeffrey Whaley, John George, John Henderson, Jonathan Jong, Jonathan McCool, Joshua W. Broxson, Julian Lobato, KC Newhaven, Kevin Kleinrock, Kieran Broderick, Cody Thomas, Lee Wanna Thomas, Luke Asink, Matt Tice, Matthew C. Hernandez, Matthew DePama, Michael Tillman, Nelson Kelso Martinez, Nick G, Nick Grayson, official CBC chef Brett Macris, Omnia Solart, Oren Dix, Pedro A. Rangel, Perry Talifiero, Provocative Ambulance, Rev Mikey, Robert Pettinato, Sarah Jean Mueller, Sarah Schaefer, Scott Carpenter, Scott England, Stanley, Steve Cook, Tamalia Rush. Taylor Bryan. Terrible Jason. The Big Flood. The Twelve Bench. Victor Perez. Will Buchanan. William Leitch. Zachary Bachman. And Zika's Viral Comics. Thank you all so much for your support, whether you read your name or not for real. You can, as low as $2 a month, you can pledge our Patreon. You don't only get access to our Patreon Slack, which is very active and awesome and fun. Hopping. Lots of people chatting there, uh, but you also get our back catalog going all the way back to 2011, which is literally thousands of podcasts, some of which are no longer online elsewhere. So yeah. if you want to listen to a lot of podcasts, there you go. You can hear our voices age. 
<laughs> well, let's get to our first guests. Uh, That's no, we, Alex, I know. That's present day. There Alex. we go. Uh, why don't we bring in our first guests, though? They are the creators of the new Image Comic Books, Kill Your Darlings, which is out September 6th. I'm going to bring them in now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've got the te- whole team here, or most of the team. There's other most people involved. Ethan <laughs> S. Parker, Griffin Sheridan, and Bob Quinn. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Hey, guys. Yeah. It's great to meet Thanks. you. Whoa. Thank you for having us. Oh, my gosh. So excited to have you here. Uh, This book is wild. I don't want to get too much into spoilers (laughs) because obviously it's not out for this point. For about a month, uh, just real quick business before we get into it. What is the final order cutoff date if people want to tell their comic book shop, hey, they got to pick up this book? Oh, Alex, I'm so glad you asked me. (laughs) (laughs) If you want a copy of Kill Your Darlings, number one, when it drops on September 6th, go and make sure that you've got it ordered. Pre-ordered at your retailer by August 13th. That's a Sunday coming up in less Mm. than two weeks now. Mm. All right. Well, awesome. That was a little bit of business out of the way. But people are probably asking at this point, why would I go to my comic book shop by August 13th? That's (laughs) a thing I hate to do. So let's... (laughs) let's. where are you? I don't know what I'm doing tonight, uh, honestly, uh, in a very weird place. But (laughs) this book is great. Uh, It's scary. Uh, Some surprising things happen over the course of the first issue. But again, without getting into spoilers, would one of you like to do the pitch for yeah. the book to sell folks yeah, on it. I can take the lead on that, yeah. Yeah, please. Um, this book is about a little girl named Rose uh, who, uh, I think like a lot of us, uh, was, is an incredibly imaginative uh, kid. A lot of us were an imaginative kid. We no longer are. We are yeah. adults with no imaginations. Rotten uh, out of our, she, our old <laughs> brains and bodies. That's right. But uh, she's, she's an incredibly imaginative uh, eight-year-old girl who comes home every day uh, from school runs to her room and plays pretend in this fantasy world of her own creation. And she's just the most imaginative kid you can think of where she's got character designs. She's got maps. She's got lore to this world that she's created. Uh, and uh, she does this. She she role plays pretty intensely that she is this warrior princess, these protect this protector of, you know, these stuffed creatures represented by her, her plush animals. And uh, and that's just her ultimate comfort. But one day she ends up coming home. And when she closes that bedroom door, she finds someone has laid waste to her imaginary world. Uh, and a lot of her adorable imaginary friends have been horrifically murdered. Uh, and uh, that starts to uh, ask a lot of questions, both of Rose and of the audience. Uh, there is a monster at the center of her world, uh, and it seems to be much more real than it should be. Uh, so the lines between fantasy and reality start to break down, and Rose is going to have to reckon over the course of a saga that encapsulates uh, encapsulates her whole life. Uh, what's real? What's not? What does this mean for me? And what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> That's her tagline, mm-hmm. right? What yeah, exactly. What? Exactly. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I feel like just looking at the the first issue, it, it feels yeah. like it's a really like there's been a lot of thought put into this. Like it mm. feels like a deeply rendered world, both from an art perspective and like the page we're seeing there now. And some of the the ways that you guys sort of visually tell the story. So uh, how did this come? How did you guys put this together? Yeah, so uh, this has been a long time coming. Uh, Ethan and I have been sort of drifting around the comic book industry for uh, the past decade or so (laughs) by means of (laughs) podcasting and and, uh, having the opportunity to work alongside creators like uh, Donny Cates, Ryan Stegman, 
uh, Matt Rosenberg, and uh, most recently, <laughs> yeah, dude, he's the best. We love him. <laughs> and uh, and and Bendis most recently. And um, when we got in the the graces of those guys, we knew that there was a possibility that we could get into the industry. And so for about three years now, we have been crafting this story. So you're absolutely right. There has been a lot of thought that has gone into it. We've had the privilege of uh, retooling and tinkering with this story for a very long time. Um, and as lifelong comic book fans, it is a, a passion project, I think, from everybody involved. Uh, and so it has been a long time coming. Uh, it has gone through many iterations and it sort of started with a germ of an idea from Ethan about some of these visuals that you've been seeing in these preview pages here of the, uh, the spooky crayon drawings of something so childish and innocent uh, with something bizarre and fucked up happening sort of on top of it. <laughs> and we, we both love horror. We both love fantasy. So when it came time to putting together our first book, we said, well, let's smash those two things together and uh and see what we get and there's a there's a split right down the middle of real and fantasy and horror and adventure uh throughout the whole book and we're sort of jumping back and forth between those two things um well, every uh, issue just to jump in here then and uh, to yeah. ask bob a question i mean i know a little bit of this at the very least is on the colors but you do have these two separate worlds like we're talking about you have the quote-unquote real world and then you have the fantasy world she's playing in and what was important for you in terms of delineating these two realities i mean it, the so ethan and griffin made it very easy for me because one of them is like it's very much like sort of high fantasy stuff right like it's it's castles it's big trees it's creepy caves and stuff like that and then like there's also uh you know she has her regular old house that she lives in it's just kind of like a house right but um a big a big part of it i think you actually just said came down to a lot of what we're what i was doing with the colors which was you know th this this place is her respite it's her beautiful fun place that she loves to you know hang out in when you know uh she's able to right so making sure that it was fun and vibrant uh and keeping you know some of the stuff that's happening in her life because it is not the best uh you know a little bit more drab and dark dreary spooky uh i think kind of was was where i was going with that um and yeah i mean obviously being able to draw a castle uh, is pretty easy to tell whether or not that's in her neighborhood or not so <laughs> <laughs> uh for ethan and griffin i'm curious uh you, you obviously, like you were saying, you're like lifelong comic book fans, just like yeah. us. You've read tons of comics, but it also sounds like you had a fair amount of mentorship from folks. Mm. I'm sure mm -hmm. there's innumerable amounts, but was there a specific piece of advice or something that really kicked this project into the next level for you? Yeah, we've been talking about this a bit recently with Donnie Cates because he, he was the first hand that really uh, helped guide us, gave us our first feedback and and was incredibly helpful just with his warnings. I mean, he, he let us know because we, 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 we took this thing around to, to a lot of doors and, you know, pitched it to image. Uh, and it, you know, it's never going to be a sure thing where we were hoping they would like it. And, uh, and he, you know, his, his, his big warning to us, which has really stuck with us ever since was, uh, especially since the book is not out yet. Uh, his big warning to us was, uh, listen, are you sure you, you want it to be an image? Because if you're going to be an image, that's the biggest stage you can kick off with something like this at. And this is going to be the most eyes you could have on something like this. And so this being your first work, like 
you gotta show up you gotta like wow. take the biggest swings you can um and that was really nerve-wracking because it's great advice mm -hmm. but it's also like oh god what are we doing yeah there was uh, a, an existential crisis moment where yeah, yeah of course we, we were that's a yeah. romantic piece of advice to give you yeah like, oh, yeah. you got to go to image okay good luck yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah, were yeah. like yeah, obviously the whole time you know uh, i i think image has maybe the best deal an independent creator can get in the industry yeah. these days and uh and so we're always like, yeah, of course we want it to be, you know, uh, at Image. Why wouldn't we? And then he sort of threw that grenade out and you were like, Jesus Christ, do we want it to be right. at Image? Because <laughs> especially, especially working with a lot of creators uh, who, you know, are obviously incredible, but even they will say, uh, you know, I went back, looked at some of my first stock stuff, embarrassing. I wish I could erase it from existence. And it's just like, <laughs> all right, well, <laughs> first thing out of the gate, here we go. It's uh, <laughs> On the image stage and and as nerve-wracking as that is and as daunting as that is i mean it really has guided the entire process of the book it is it has made us continue to at every single turn uh take the biggest risks that we can it's kept us from getting complacent i mean there's point you know you work on one project over three years and there's so many points where you're staring at the same google docs you're staring at the same drafts oh, of the yeah. same thing. it's so easy to let dust gather and to get rusty. Uh, but yeah, that his words have continued to ring because it's just like, okay, well you can, you know, you can, you can recover from uh, making a crazy choice that upsets people, but you can't recover from boring people ever. And so it's yeah, always right. like, whenever we get the idea of something that makes our stomachs lurch a little bit, it's always like, well, that's probably the direction to go. Cause that's the bigger swing. Um, and so this book is full of our craziest ideas. It's full always of our Always chase that nausea. Absolutely, absolutely. Your stomach's churning. You're on the right. Track. You have no idea how much that actually guides everything in this book. <laughs> it from, really does. It, it, it's like because <laughs> like when they came to me, they're like, "Hey, how do you feel about fantasy?" I'm like, "I love fantasy." How do you feel about this and that? How do you feel about horror? And I'm like, "Not really a horror guy." And, <laughs> and they're like, "Ooh." And I, so like we started working on the book, and then some of the visuals, like you've seen some of them in issue one, but like it gets wilder as it, it goes gnarly. on yeah it gets <laughs> real gnarly and i kept going like well i have like i just need to meet them where they are so I, like i kept pushing visuals and grossness yeah. until the point where i got uncomfortable with them and once i got there i was like okay we're prob this is good i'll stop yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 griffin and i talk about it more and more where it's like oh boy like we'll write something in the script and we're like oof, that's a tough one and, and then we'll get the art back and just seeing bob solidify it into something real it's like oh what did we do that <laughs> oh christ yeah i like you seem to be you keep giving each other some uh nausea so that's honestly okay. that's just, a part. Well, yeah, yeah. The same way. <laughs> yeah just shots in the arm going each way yeah uh, did you have to kill any darlings uh over the course of the process oh my oh yes i mean you know I, again we've been working on it for so long it's it's like ethan was saying it it has been so easy to go um creatively stir crazy on it and sometimes it was a matter of like we're gonna kill every fucking darling dude every they're gonna throw the whole thing out like uh -huh. we're gonna we're gonna change the entire book two months before uh before the issue has to be finished uh -huh. or whatever it is yeah. and uh so learning to walk that tightrope has been very challenging but yes plenty of darlings have been killed over the course of the three years we've been working on this uh -huh. for sure and honestly the book has ended up kind of being about us making something for the first time so the title has just been fitting in 
so many ways. Yeah, there's a lot of thematic like layers and everything, of course. But yeah, one of them certain you can find it in there certainly is like yeah about making something for the first time and what it does to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, just one one last thing on that. Sorry, Alex. Yeah, yeah I think it, it just lines up like you know we all started in any creative pursuit in our rooms mm -hmm. as kids lining Absolutely. up our stuff and being like Absolutely. this is so cool and then at the other side of it you're like okay we have to uh, on the biggest stage uh, make sure uh -huh. when, yeah. when does this release when does the cutoff uh -huh. orders like yeah. it gets that yeah. adult side the scary side coming in so definitely it really is that's a really nice metaphor for doing it. <laughs> yeah totally. it. well i just wanted to say congratulations guys because it is awesome i mean oh, that hey, image we were just showing of the hands coming out of the cave uh, really <laughs> got me and you talk about like a kind of like jump moment where your stomach like when you kind yeah. of snap back to the real world and there's that mm -hmm. part where you're yelling with the kid like where's mm -hmm. the mom you know like where's mm -hmm. the mom and you're like oh god it, mm -hmm. it's really powerful so congratulations it's oh, really impressive uh, Thanks, bob yeah. i was curious since we have this image up again are you ready for people to meme this <laughs> I, you know, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> oh, no. A lot right. of ideas. I, I Sorry, I ruined you. your book for you. <laughs> only made it better. Tough. Tough. Yeah. Listen, we'll take whatever marketing you got up your sleeve. Yeah. I mean, no problem. Yeah. I, I got a million. The rest of the night, I'm going to work on memes based on this book. I'll, I'll send good, them anyway. all to you. That's an appropriate yeah. thing to do. Um, I did want to ask you an actual uh, question Jeez. about this. This is like kind of skirting spoilers, but I'm just curious in terms of the construction sure. process. There's a lot of questions in this book about what is reality versus what is not actually yeah. happening. What is fantasy? How do you, over the course of this series, structure out those reveals? How cognizant of it are you so it doesn't get to a place where it's annoying for the reader and you get to those, I'm going to slam one of my favorite shows, Justin's going to love this. You don't get to that lost place of like what is actually going on here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly, uh, you know, for anybody that might be going in concerned about that, I would say uh, the book pretty quickly lets you know what's okay. really going on. Uh, you're going to have questions. Uh, that The book is a finite story. We are writing a complete thing. Like, it has an ending that we've intended the whole time. And there are answers that will play out as to why things have happened that will occur um, later in the game. Uh, but as far as, like, you know, you'll be an issue, too. And you will know what's what's really going on and where you're headed. Um, and uh, yeah, I think you'll you'll get to the ending with all of your questions answered. There, should, there won't be any uh, there won't be any tomfoolery when it comes to, yeah, there's to, no to, Walt, to there's mystery box. What's up here, with yeah. Walt here? No polar bears. No, <laughs> no be, I I think you know we do set up a lot of stuff in issue one. I think mm -hmm. even folks won't entirely realize just how much we're setting up until. Right. until you get further in the series but yeah it's not this is, so this much is draft like... 20 of the book there's a lot <laughs> yeah, of seeds yeah. planted early on yeah, yeah, yeah we we're not in the business of creating mystery boxes that no. are meant to never be opened or when you open them they're fucking empty or whatever uh everything is extremely yeah. purposeful yeah all uh, the confusion is right there at the start so that you're you're right there with rose as to what's happening to her you're you're as confused as she is but as soon as she's you know off on her journey and she knows where she's going then uh, you will too well let me ask you as a follow-up there then the world's worst question this <laughs> took you several years to yeah. put together it clearly has been a bear to actually get out there granted we haven't even seen the, release of the first issue yet polar bear 
do you want to do more? Are you planning on after the series is done? You're like, okay, like, let's get right back at it. Or you're like, nope, that's oh, good. No. We, we covered it. No, this is the beginning of what I think, you know, Ethan and I, it, this is our debut book. This is the beginning for us of, uh, I, I think, what we hope is a very long and illustrious career mm-hmm. uh, in comic books. We've got the second idea up and running. We've got many ideas up and running. And who knows, you might even see this exact creative team hmm. on something oh, else. Wow. Perhaps, perhaps. I like the way uh, you very dramatically <laughs> I don't know. Listen, don't listen know. we're professional podcasters too. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, We love working. We, we've yeah. absolutely loved working with Bob uh, and John J. Hill, our letterer and designer. Uh, both of those gentlemen are, uh, are absolute pros they got no business working with rookies like us, but they are. Uh, and we are extremely grateful for them. Uh, and yeah, we are uh, very excited to hit the ground running with Kill Your Darlings. Yeah. And I believe we will continue running uh, until we die. And I think is definitely and we will. Because I will say like, this is definitely the hardest thing I've ever done is making this happen. This has been the mo- some of the most grueling work some of the most grueling, just emotional effort, uh, uh, just 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 forcing something to become real that matters so much to you. It's incredibly difficult. However, it is the most satisfying work that, that I've ever done. Uh, this thing, making this thing has and continues to be a dream come true, especially with Bob and John uh, making those dreams reality. And so, yeah, it's like I can't I can't endeavor to put more irons in the fire. I just want to do this for the rest of my life. Absolutely. I love in that single sentence though you were like uh, this is gonna kill me I love it yeah. I'm never gonna stop so <laughs> exactly. at the end of the day exactly. you're the darling exactly. yes we are exactly Correct. and uh, we have a very nice comment here from Twitch that I wanted to read from Polar Nights I like this show it is the perfect evolution of beard growth oh yeah you can see it yeah, yeah uh, I suggested it's like an Animorphs painting yeah. a little bit oh, oh wow Who's the I just shaved. Is, so, it yeah. Is it Bob yeah. or Pete? Bob's the final know. form, yeah. Bob's yeah, the final yeah, form. Yeah, I'd say so. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Once again, final order cutoff date. People should go to their comic book shop by Griffin, which date? August 13th. August 13th. Yeah, there please. we go. We hope you love it. Awesome. Mm-hmm. We definitely loved it. Great book. Yeah, I'm yeah. dying. I can't believe we now need to wait two months to read the second issue <laughs> yeah. uh, because it rules. Uh, congratulations, guys. Very excited. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, Great to be here. Thanks so much. Thanks All so right. much, you guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Keep killing it. You're All right. There we go. Uh, once again, the book is called Kill Your Darlings. It's from Image Comics. Like we said, the final order cutoff date where you should go to your comic book shop and say, hey, please order this for me this August 13th. And then the book itself will be out on stands on September 6th. So you can check Woo-hoo. it out then. It's my wedding anniversary. Perfect gift for my wife. Oh, that's oh. my comic book. <laughs> that's exactly what she wants. More comics. Yes, they definitely. Yeah. All right. Why don't we bring in our next guest here? Very excited about these two. They're both returning guests from, I was going to say different sides, but kind of the same side of Archie Comics. Okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, here we go. Oh, there we go. It was a little hard to get you in. Uh, Jamie Rotate and Vin Lavallo. Hey, welcome, welcome back. Hey. Hello. Good to see Hello. you. Hey. Thank you for having us again. Uh, oh my gosh. Uh, thank you for coming on. So Jamie, for anybody who doesn't know, is the senior director of editorial for Archie Comics and Vin is the art director and awesome artist 
of bite-sized Archie. Yeah. Uh, and there are a bunch of things that are coming out. I do want to start with bite-sized Archie. Volume 2, Going Viral, is out September 5th, I believe. Uh, is that correct? September 6th, so another oh, anniversary yeah. gift. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Stack them up, Justin. You got I, it. Oh, man, your the wife is going to be so happy. Is kill your darling. So while you're getting that, ask for Bite Size Archie going viral. You're yeah. going to want it. The <laughs> kind anniversary of... is this comic book stack anniversary, I believe. Exactly. Right. <laughs> uh, we love this book. It is so much fun. It has, true to the title, gone viral. People share it everywhere. People share this stuff everywhere on Instagram and Twitter and everything. Uh, one of the things that I want to uh, shout out in particular, and I, I don't remember whether this is in the first volume, but I loved when I was reading the second volume, is there's process pages from you, which yeah. I thought was so cool. Um, could you talk about that a little bit sure. and how that came to be? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we wanted to... Um we wanted to fill this thing with as much content as possible. So naturally this series is a web comic. It's out every Friday uh, afternoon. And you, yes, you've read these strips before, but you've never seen these behind the scene features. So we wanted to um, explain some of our process. Ron always has some story to go along with his scripts, something maybe from his own life experience. Sometimes I'll throw something in, um, in the background that came from my own experience. So we just wanted to expand on that a little bit more and, you know, share our own personal stories with our fans. Well, I love that you did that. I feel like particularly, and this is going to sound derisive, but I 100% don't mean it that way. I think particularly with this style, with this sort of comic, people are like, Oh, you just do it and you put it up there. But like you're saying, there's so much thought that goes into it from how you're going to hit that gag from Ron's perspective to from your perspective, like designing the characters and figuring it out. There's one in here that I absolutely love that you guys put out uh, when I think it was when Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness came out and you did the same uh, a Jughead Multiverse of Madness. Yes. <laughs> and I'm just so impressed the different styles that you gave to each Jughead. What was involved in putting together that piece? So what's funny is I've actually... Um... I've drawn some different styles of Jughead prior. Um, one you can actually find in Cosmo the Mighty Martian number five. It was a backup strip. And in the background, you can see Werewolf Jughead poolside with a plate full of burgers. So I referenced myself <laughs> to draw that. So I already did the homework. <laughs> I aced that test. But um, yeah, I, I always look back to um, you know other artists that have handled the characters in the past Rex Lindsay, who's known for a lot of Jughead issues, um, he's drawn him in every form, I, I would say. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly inspired by the past. I especially like um, classic 50s, 60s, DiCarlo, Lucy, that kind of art. And, um, yeah, I, I, I pull a lot from my predecessors. That's, that's well, pretty good. One of the best things about reading like the classic Double Digest, you know, my first comic books really was that it was a variety of artists sort of touching different eras always, uh, at least when I in the you know, 90s. So the fact that you incorporate that, I feel like and in the, in the strip in general feels like it's such a connection to the fans experience of these characters across all platforms, plus talking about topical things that are just happening in the world right now. That's a lot to balance, I feel like. Exactly. Um, I especially have a soft spot for a lot of like past characters, especially characters people might not know about. There's another strip that's actually one of my favorites in this volume. That's um, it's Archie and Betty going to a claw machine, and in that claw machine, 
there's all these little plushies of characters that nobody really knows about, but I'm trying to make them relevant again, subtly. <laughs> yeah. I'm throwing them in there. There's Cosmo, the Mighty Martian, Dottie and Ditto. I'm, I'm saying these characters like you guys know them, but this is <laughs> no Cosmo, but after yeah, that, no Cosmo. Me, so. yeah. <laughs> uh, Jamie, I'm curious to hear from you. How does bite-sized Archie fit into the overall editorial plan? Well, first of all, I just want to say that I'm very lucky because I get to have an early peek at a lot of the process between Ron and Vin, which is just really cool because I get to see Ron's ideas uh, and sort of Vin's responses to them too, because seeing their sort of interplay just makes it so fun. And then whatever Vin sends the art in, I'm always just so amazed by, I don't know, just seeing these fun little quick ideas and how well they come to life. Um I see Bite Size Archie in general as just sort of this natural evolution of what we would consider our classic style art. It's very much in that family-friendly vein. Anybody can jump into it, but it's got jokes that are going to appeal to older audiences, too. It's not just like, oh, this is just for kids. It's like, no, it's accessible to kids. But if you're an adult reading it, you're totally going to love it, too, because you're probably going to get a lot more of those references than maybe other age groups will. So I feel like it's that perfect natural evolution. We also always try to stay on trend, on topic, whatever fads are happening. We always try to have a digest story for that. This lets us do it with a lot more of like immediacy. Like we can get something really quick. If something's coming out, Ron is so great about like timing things to releases. You know, a digest story is going to take a couple of months from, you know, the pitch to when we put it out. So if something really big happens that we're not expecting in between, then we're probably going to be a little late if we want to try and include that. Bite Size Archie gives us that perfect place to put something in, like right as it's happening. Well, and I think I it also. Sir, oh, go ahead, Justin. Please. Sorry, Alex. I have a, a larger editorial uh, question. That I think mm. it speaks to Bite Size Archie and everything that you all do. Like, I think the comic book industry, like as a whole, has this reputation of being like, well, they're not so up to date with what's happening in the world. But I feel like Archie just is the absolute opposite. Feels so present <laughs> and taking creative swings all the time. How do you possibly do that? Is it, it everyone is just constantly like up to date? Do you are those the conversations you're having in, in the office? Like how, how does that work? First of all, just thank you for saying that because you know, for the longest time, the big thing would be like, oh, Archie, isn't that that company from like the 50s? So to hear somebody saying like, wow, you guys are present, you guys know what's happening is just the highest compliment we could get. Um, yeah, I would say it's a lot of just you know, having conversations, keeping an eye on what's important. Um, we're really lucky that we've been sort of given the task of like, take a swing, take as many creative swings as you want. You know, you're not gonna do anything if you don't just take a chance. And, you know, mm -hmm. with our newer, hot, like modern and horror stuff, we definitely take a lot of risks so we can do pretty much anything. Mm -hmm. um, and Bite Size Archie is cool because it allows us to do that as well in a space that can sort of cross between the modern and classic audiences. Well, uh, that was uh, what Justin said was kind of the same thing I was going to say, just to sort of extend it even a little further. I think you guys have been really smart in terms of trying to find things that fit in specific places. Like we always think about the double digest of the supermarket rack, and that's still there if you want it. And like, we're probably going to talk a lot more about, you got the chilling horror stuff that appeals to more modern audience. Bite-sized Archie, it's social. It's it's a social play is what it feels like. And I love that it's being connected, collected. And then you got a big Ethel energy as well, which is getting the webtoon crowd, which is so smart as well. And I feel like more yeah. publishers should be leading into that and really aren't. So 
it's good to see. Good job. You're doing yeah. a good job. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we always say we want to meet our fans where they are. And if there's a place that fans might not, you know, be knowing, like, there's some place where fans could potentially be and we're not there yet, we're going to make our best effort to put ourselves there so we can find everybody everywhere and they can find us. Yeah. Ooh, uh, well, we, got a, uh, we got a comment here I just wanted to read from an uninvolved uh, anonymous person named Ronzilla, <laughs> who says Vin and Jamie are the best. That's so nice, Ronzilla. Oh, I don't know, know who that is. Nice. You know, talk about meeting the fans where they are. Yeah, oh, that's great. A big fan. It's always nice to see it. Uh, sorry, Justin, you were going to uh, ask. Well, I was going to I was going to then ask the sort of the opposite question. If if you all are so nimble and like uh, like especially like webtoon, it, it's shocking to me that no one else is really doing that. I feel like in, in like mainstream comics, like why aren't other people doing? <laughs> that's a good question. Jamie, you want me to? Answer. Go, go right ahead. It could be just a matter of turnaround, as Jamie said before, like with Digest in particular, we're about like two, three months out, whereas with webcomics, and I know firsthand, it's not the easiest thing to do, like on a quick turnaround. It's it's fortunate that we're able to get out a four panel strip weekly. Um, not as easy for um, like a, a 20 page comic. So I think that that might be part of it. But Hey, what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. These are the answers that I feel like are really interesting to hear about the behind the scenes. Process. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the four panel, while we're talking about, I just wanted to say I was really impressed with the Bart size Archie of like how much goes down in the four panels. It's a tough format to have like an arc and all these things. Like I know the one that starts off where it's like a cat, you know, and it looks like a Garfield setup, and they even talk about how they hate Mondays, but then it has such a cool twist. It's really impressive the voyage. <laughs> that it goes on in those four panels. My favorite is the cheeseburger that comes to life, and I'm like, oh, my God, how is Jughead going to deal with this? And he's like, you're still a yeah. cheeseburger. I'm going to eat you. It's just awesome. I have such a fun time with these. Yeah. Put you in the headspace. That's that's all Ron right there. I uh, I was scratching my head a bit about the, the sentient cheeseburger, but once <laughs> I, uh, as I was drawing it, I was like, oh, I see what he's going for. This is great. Yeah, it and, is. Uh, and it ended up being this big buildup to uh, strip number 100. And I don't know how many people were expecting that character return, but... <laughs> I'm happy that he did. Agree. Um, I was part of the canon. Um, yeah. I do uh, to turn back to you, Jamie, for a second. This is something I think we talked a little bit about, or maybe a lot of bit about the last time you were on the show, just the overall direction of Archie comics in terms of you all have been releasing one shots for a while. Mm -hmm. And, I was kind of wondering, I was missing those ongoing Archie series, like the more modern art update on Archie or Sabrina or whatever. But, what we now know is coming out in September is a collection, a trade collection of the Chilling Adventures things, an anthology. Is that in your mind? Is that Ooh, worth it? Oh, that. Whoa. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. at the same time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh my God. So it seems like this was, correct me if I'm wrong, but like kind of the goal here is to get something that isn't just going for the floppy crowd, but also potentially going for the bookstore trade crowd as well. Correct. Yeah, it's it's easy access points for new readers. It allows us the opportunity to play with a lot of different characters, a lot of different ideas, and then you can still get that collected edition. And if you're paying attention and you're collecting all of them, you'll start to notice like little threads here and there that, you know, it's not heavy continuity where if you miss one, you're going to be completely lost, but it's almost like a little reward for if you've been sticking around, you'll start to notice sort of things tying together in interesting ways. Mm. 
So, well, talk about that then a little bit. Like, what connects these stories in your mind, other than the plot threads and other than the horror? What What was important in terms of crafting this volume? I think it's really just a matter of, you know, telling the best stories with the best characters for the stories. You know, there's there's not when we put these together there wasn't a like all right when it's collected in a volume what's going to be the big overall story it was more of just each one is its own unique experience but then when you see them all together it doesn't feel disjointed it doesn't feel you know like oh this is this is weird these are too many things it's very much you know leaning into that very classic horror anthology format that we did in our past that a lot of other publishers did i like to think of it as almost like a tales from the crypt but in book form you know <laughs> just that sort of overall you know, this is this is all of the stories we could tell in just sort of bite-sized formats. And if you like something, maybe it'll come back. And we've sort of positioned, especially the two characters you see on the cover here, Madam Satan and Jinx, as kind of almost being the sort of like forefront of these collections. You're going to see them pop up quite a bit. Um, they've kind of presented themselves almost organically as our sort of new horror hosts mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah. Good choice. Uh, I did want to ask you before we turn to the new one that's coming up here, and you're probably going to hate this question because you get it all the time, but at some point, I believe Roberto was, or Garis Casa was going to do a continuation of the Chilling Adventures series in two different ways of the comic book form. Is that still on the docket somewhere? I mean, we never say never to anything, but we wouldn't give out any dates if we didn't have them yet. So I would always say, right. you know, keep nice. hope alive. Um, also, um sabrina in general is especially somebody you want to keep an eye out for because she will be returning mm, all right i like it <laughs> nice. uh, well, let, let's talk about the next thing in the chilling adventures line then which is strange science yeah. uh, which is coming out not on september 6th but on yeah. august 16th um without getting into too many spoilers here because we know it's coming out coming out for a while but i read this i love this this continues um to feature danny malloy who is the first trans character that archie has had uh what's important about putting danny to the forefront here well this was this was something interesting writer uh magdalene visaggio really had a passion for telling this story specifically with danny and we love the idea of using Danny. She previously appeared in Dilton's Strange Science, which was a series mm -hmm. in the 90s. Um, we haven't used her too much since. Just, you know, there have been so many characters over the years that sometimes it's hard to keep track. Um, and what was interesting about Danny was that she was sort of the person who was equal to Dilton in terms of smarts, if not a little bit smarter. Um, mm -hmm. So what was really cool was taking this character and putting her in the forefront and giving her this really new, important story. Um, you're going to see a lot of, Dilton's in this book, so you see a lot of that come to play here. Um, but this is really about her life and sort of, you know, almost explains why she was gone for a bit. Obviously, that wasn't the idea when that series came out. That's more of a newer evolution. But it explains why Danny wasn't in the stories before. And it also, um, we've been doing this thing organically where within a few of the Jinx one-shots, Danny has shown up as her best friend because we wanted people to feel like they had a sense of Danny. They had a sense of her personality. They had a sense of her friendship with Jinx. So it wasn't just this like, here's this character you forgot about. Let's just put her front and center. And here's this, you know, story. We wanted people to get to know her first. That way, when they get to learn her backstory, it has so much more of an impact. 
I was really surprised how, to your point, and again, not doling out any spoilers, how emotional this story was in the middle of a lot of crazy horror and sci-fi stuff. Uh, What was that like when you first got this scripted and saw that? I think I teared up. I think I teared up a few Mm -hmm. times reading it. Honestly, like every time I would look at it, I just, it's, I think the fact that it does take place in the middle of the sci-fi horror, all of this stuff that's happening. And there's so many funny moments too. Like Max is just such a fantastic writer because she knows how to balance that humor and horror. And then when something emotional happens, it feels like even more of a gut punch because (laughs) you were just laughing or horrified by the amazing horror imagery that uh, artist Butch Mappa crafts here. But there's that emotional story at the core that is just so beautiful. And it's just, it's such a well-rounded story. I really, really love it. I feel like from a horror perspective, you've been slowly like ticking it up with each successive book. And, and I, I just reading this, I was like, this seems scarier. Each, each book seems scarier. <laughs> and I don't know if that's intentional. Are you slowly boiling us? Are we going to look back and be like, Archie, the scariest uh, publisher in, in comic books? You're on to us. Not really. <laughs> collection, actually, so... Thank you for giving us that. Uh, Well, I did want to ask you about a couple of other things that I was just curious about. Big thing. I don't think we have it dated yet, but later this year, the Archies, the Netflix movie out of India is coming up. Is there, I imagine there is some thought, but is there any thought to doing some sort of tie-in or some sort of event around that? Or can we expect to see something that might reflect those takes on the characters in the comic book form? Well, we actually currently have a graphic novel out now. Um, oh, that's called, right. Yeah, The Archie is in India, which collects uh, quite a few of the stories where the Archie cast has visited India. We have such a huge dedicated fan base there that we've you know, incorporated oh, cool. that into a lot of our stories over the year. So that's out now. Um, that's something you can buy you know, ahead of you know, the <laughs> premiere. Um, everything else is still TBA, but <laughs> that's definitely something that you, you could have and enjoy once the movie comes out. Uh, and here's another one that I think you're going to give me a TBA on. I'm not sure if you're aware, but the show Riverdale on the CW is ending towards the end. I've heard of it. Uh, huge <laughs> news drop for now. Yeah, sorry, I'm breaking it here on the show. Um, there, was, there was an idea that was actually floated in our Patreon Slack that I wanted to throw by you was... You've done Riverdale comics in the past. I know we're, this is very fresh. We haven't even had the finale yet. But do you see, if, would there ever be a possibility of like continuing the show in comic book form, getting a Riverdale season eight or something like yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, I can't say that we've discussed that at length. So definitely something worth exploring. Like I said, never say never. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that said, then what else is coming out that people should look out for? Obviously, we've talked about a lot of stuff, but what should be, people be checking out over the next couple of months? Uh, so as mentioned, Strange Science drops on August 16th. Um, again, I can't stress how much I love this book, and I really hope everybody yeah. else enjoys it as well. Uh, we've got Bite Size Archie on the 6th, and then we also have the Chilling Adventures trade paperback that will be out on <laughs> it's great choreo believe, yes uh the 12th if I'm not, oh no you know you can get it in uh comic shops on august 23rd so even even sooner if you go to your local mm. comic shop uh that'll also be a great primer because it features a number of madam satan stories and she will have her own one shot once again coming out on september 20th and you can mm. pre-order that before august 28th 
Awesome. Wow. Uh, well, cool. Jamie, Vin, thank you so much for coming on. It was great seeing you. Congratulations on everything. We've been loving all these titles. Uh, bring yeah. on even more Bite Size Archie. Bite Size Archie Goes Global, Volume 3 or something. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, guys. Have a great Thanks. night. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Right. See you. Oop, I cut him off. Uh, I always do that. I'm oh, a journalist. Man, tell you what. Uh, but yeah, I know uh, she just reviewed that stuff, but I'll just mention it anyway. The Chilling Adventures trade paperback is out September 12th. Strange Science is out August 16th. Bite Size Archie Volume 2 going viral. It's out September 6th, just in time for your anniversary, Justin. And uh, yeah, yeah, she mentioned the Archie's, time, in, yeah, Archie's in India. You can pick that up right now. I hope they're working on uh, the next Riverdale series in comic book form because that would be awesome. Yeah, well, if you had to write it, it would be all Bughead, right? Bughead season. Uh, not just me. All right, not just me. Multiple There's a lot of You're the only what is person happening? I know. <laughs> a lot of Bugheads out there. A lot of Bugheads. Write it on your journal. Like all right, folks, we are going to move on to our next section, which is my favorite section because you all make it up. It is your audience questions. And for audience questions, all you got to do is drop a question in the comments on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, not on X because that site is a hellhole. But uh, before we get into it, <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. Uh, why, don't we, why don't we talk about what we're drinking before we do questions? And I think we can kick it off. With, I think everybody knows this, but every week on the show, we have a drink that is either created or curated by me. Um, I'm the one who does it. No, you don't. And, and then official the other CBC thing. Chef. I'm the official oh, CBC out. chef. No. And then the other thing that I do is I always like to give a little nod to a recently deceased celebrity with my cocktail. Uh, so this week, uh, what we're drinking. Yeah. What the fuck? What Alex we're drinking e. is a Tellum Large Marg. Large Marg sent you, yeah. uh, which is tequila or mezcal, it's lime Marge. juice, Zillow it's, liquor. Marge. No, no, but it's Marg, like margarita. It's a margarita, it's a margarita Pete. It's tell them Large Boo. Marg sent you. It's a margarita. It's a, it's a tribute. I don't know if you heard, but Paul Rubens passed away. Pee-wee Bring back a... Stray Bullet. He's better at this. He's uh, you got to double the size to make it He's a large the real Marg. Chef. And you can drink it. In the basement of the Alamo, if you want. That's probably, I think, the best place to drink it. So, that is you know. a great spot to have a drink. No, no question. No basement in the Alamo. Nope. There you go. So, uh, Never heard that. I, I can't imagine that there would be another section of the show that would pay better tribute to Paul Rubens, but I guess we'll see what happens. Oh, we wow. feel the heat right now. We feel some <laughs> real heat. Oh, yeah. How many oh, celebrities God. back oh, are you, Oh, I'm Pete? so worried. Oh, how many, my God. How many, how many celebrities back? You're not even at Paul Rubens. He's like five weeks from now at this point, right? Yeah, you can't just jump to Paul Rubens just because. <laughs> I can do whatever know. I want. It's my margarita section. Pete always leaves a month for the celebrity to maybe come back to life. (laughs) Like that fish that I had when I was growing up that did that. That's exactly right. The original celebrity is Alex's Mm -hmm. Fish. Yes. Justin, what are you drinking? What are you drinking today? Um, I was drinking a uh, sort of my own version of the uh, Large Marg, uh, which was uh, very different. It had some uh, grapefruit-infused vodka that I made and um, a little Aperol and some sweet vermouth. Nice. Pete, what about you? I just want to go on record as I don't want to appreciate the fact that you stole a job from Stray Bullet, who's been doing an amazing job all these years. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm drinking a Laguanitas daytime. This is daytime. Laguanitas. I like that you hit every letter in pronouncing that. Pete, are you having your team of writers hastily rewrite trivia just off camera because of the Paul Rubens uh, usage here? 
No, I'm not going to sweat something Zalbin says. You know what I mean? Like, I've already done it. It's already locked in. You know, you can't yeah. change it. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah, oh, for listeners should know that uh, Pete does lock trivia. Uh, yeah, right. What, you you know how journalists pre-write obits? He does the yeah, same thing with trivia. Lying. He has trivia for basically every celebrity he thinks is going to die. Pete, yeah. I dare you to read off the trivia you have built around my death. I dare you to do that. I, I can't wait for that to happen. Should I do it during your funeral or should I yeah. wait till a we little do a podcast? To the legend Justin Tyler. <laughs> I will have a live mic in my coffin. Oh, nice. <laughs> Smart. Smart. So we can hear your death rattle. Exactly. I want you nice. to, guys. Well, no, I think they wait for you to die before they put you in the coffin. Just to be clear. <laughs> let's not get ahead of it. I'm unclear on it. Let's try both ways and see <laughs> yeah, what happens. Yeah, let's try both ways. Yeah, why don't we jump to some questions here because we got a couple that are popping up already. This is from The Big. Have any of you guys watched Twisted Metal on Peacock? If so, thoughts? Were you fans of the games? I watched the first couple of episodes of it, but uh, either of you guys watch the show, fan of the games? Oh, I used to play the game all the time in college. We used to play way too much. Mm. Huge fan. I'm going to check it out. I haven't done it yet, though. I also haven't watched it, but I, a friend of mine that I was um, in the last year on the road with, uh, was auditioning for, was called back for one of the uh, big role, big decent sized roles. So I, I read, I was his reader for his audition oh, for wow. uh, a couple of times. So I definitely uh, have uh, seen the scripts a little bit. So I are, are you curious. do you blame yourself because if maybe you were a better reader, he could have got the part. You know, uh, very very much so. Yeah, it's definitely my fault. Okay. Right. I didn't love the first couple of episodes of this. I It's the sort of thing that I could see some people liking, but the rhythm and the style of the humor was not for me. Uh, great cast, mind you. Anthony Mackie is in it, and uh, Stephanie Beatriz and Thomas Hayden Church. Will Arnett does a voice of one of the characters in it. So, fun cast, ridiculous yeah, premise. A friend of mine, Mitch, from the Doughboys, um, is in it. Oh, wow. Oh, I think I recognized him. I was like, I know who that guy is, but I didn't remember it. Um, it's it's from the guys who did like Deadpool and Zombieland and everything, but it's much bigger and broader. And Anthony Mackie is like, wow, I'm playing everything very big. And in the first couple of episodes I watched, I really only laughed once. Um, yeah. So I don't know. That was a little disappointing to me. Also, a lot of the car stuff, and I understand this, but clearly CGI which was kind of a bummer for a show that's supposed to be all about like the car chases and the car wrecks and everything. So I don't know. People seem to be enjoying it though. People seem to be going the opposite direction of me. So if you're curious, check it out. I guess the metal wasn't twisted. <laughs> right, Alex? I guess. Cause you not. love it when it's twisted. It wasn't twisted enough for me. I do love twisted metal and twisted tea. Those are my two favorite twisted things. Uh, yeah. Pablo Martina says, have you guys read Mark Millar's big game yet? I personally like it. And Pepe Larraz is an amazing choice for the series. Thoughts? Ooh. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have not checked it out. Thank you, Pablo, for the recommendation. I do no. love Pepe Larraz, though. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. Not. I haven't seen, I haven't read that much Mark, Mark, Mark Millar. He, I mean, full disclosure, Image doesn't send those out. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I don't know. There it is. Yeah, yep. We can't get it. We can't remember. You know what we should do is a catch-up on the not books like that, Saga being one of them. Oh, yeah. We haven't talked about for so long on this podcast. Yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, Saga and whatever this fucking Mark Millar book is. All right, why don't we move on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All in the game says, just how sad are you all that Craven, who apparently gets his powers from a lion's bite, has been moved to next year? Oh, it seems like a kind of a biased question. What do you guys think about that? The the date, Sony blamed this on the strikes. I yeah. feel like they're being a little disingenuous here, to be honest, but they moved Craven from an October premiere date of this year to August of next year. Beyond the Spider-Verse, which was originally scheduled for next year, they took off the schedule and they said that's because of the strikes too, even though it's animation and it's not covered by any of yeah. that. Um, so, I well, I, the Spider-Verse, I think it gave them a nice out for a, a production that was well, well behind their uh, goals. Um, so I think that's actually better that they don't, they found a good reason to relieve that pressure. Craven, I actually think, because um, one of the main things that's happening right now while these movies are getting pushed is because the actors aren't promoting. They can't promote them because right. they're on strike. And that's a major way that, that people know about movies. Uh, so I think Craven being pushed, you don't have Russell Crowe out there being like, ah, ah, and like doing his like, uh, Danny DeVito penguin impression. He is doing another funny accent in this after what was it, the Pope's Exorcist, where he also did a funny accent in. He's entered his funny accent pace. I'm very proud I, of him. And I love Russell Crowe's like, I'll do it. Yeah. Let's go. Sounds good. Uh, so I, I, I actually think the, the push makes sense that they would push it beyond because I think they also know this movie could be big. The Venom movies were big. The, all the making fun of it that uh, us and uh, everyone online are doing actually helps in some degree so i think they need the actors to be able to be out there to promote it as well. i will say conversely though and this is just based on pure feeling craven to me feels like october people would watch it as a goofy movie when it's like fall outside august it doesn't feel like an august to me which is sort of the surprise hits that make you feel good versus mm. a schlocky stupid thing but i don't know Whatever. It'll come out. It'll if I fine. were them, I would put it in that cocaine bear slot and just ride the lightning. There you go. Uh, this is from Kevin. How open are you all to doing musical performance on the cast or on the stage? This feels like a targeted question. What, is Kevin planning something? Mm. Uh, I don't Not know. I, I used to do musicals in high school, but I don't think I would ever do that again. <laughs> is uh, that fair? I can't sing, really. But I did a musical uh, improv once and sort of... You were also cast in an opera at the Metropolitan? Recently cast at the Metropolitan Opera, the yeah. uh, world-renowned opera house. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, bring it on. I'm opera certified. And Pete, you're swing for Josh Groban and Sweeney Todd right now, right? I don't know what you mean by that, but uh, I don't sing no, for shit. No, he swings with Josh Oh, I misunderstood. Yeah, he's got to grab that grobe. That's what Pete's always said. Grab that grobe. Gotta, gotta, gotta grab that grobe. See, we can sing. This is from Ben the Border Collie. One question. I read the Hellfire Gala, and can I get a hug? Ben, you absolutely can get a hug. I will give a little bit of a plug. Justin and I... We'll give you a 40-minute hug. (laughs) Yes. Well, what I was going to say was, Justin and I got on to talk about the Hellfire Gala issue. I really honestly thought yeah well, how long are we going to talk 10 15 minutes or something we talked for 40 minutes about that issue so if you want to check out the podcast breaking down all the big spoiler stuff uh, that is available in the comic book club feed right now and but, don't worry pete we actually pulled some clips of you screaming uh, fuck you and we just dropped them in intermittently oh uh, smart smart move but to answer your question yes ben you can of course you can can i that's nice i know we don't get want to hug. do this on the stack or anything can i get a hug 
Pete, I legitimately, I know you texted me when I was like, hey, do you want to talk about this? And you're like, it's bullshit. I, Justin is scared right now. Yeah, Could like, you, like, there were a couple of people in the Patreon Slack, I know Straight Bullies and a couple of other people were like, you've hated the Krakoan era. This seems to be the end of the Krakoan era. What do you think about Hellfire Gala? Well, I don't, I don't like it. I, I, I'm happy, you know, death to fuck Island. I'm super happy that, uh, you know, this stupid choice that Marvel made is ending. Um, I, uh, it's just upsetting to see the carnage. Um, I don't like to see, uh, you know, uh, people die or horrible things happen. Also the bullshit of like uh we had lollipop man and then he got a new helmet and he looks like a fucking beer opener which is even more ridiculous i mean it's just you uh, love beer though and you love opening you do love beer especially opening uh, yeah sure sure but i don't want my superhero to reflect that in his helmet choice you know what i mean uh i just uh, magneto has a has a dumb helmet on all the time that's i like that helmet that's a solid helmet that looks like a bottle opener that looks like a bottle no, no, no. I, I just. What about Dark uh, Helmet? Does Dark Helmet have a cool helmet? You like that movie, yes, right, Pete? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I'm just not happy to see all the death and destruction and stupid shit uh, to have happen. You know, I just, I, I feel like it's not fun uh, to watch or do experience, and it's also just like, uh, yeah, I just. I, I'm really hoping the next thing will be more on brand for the X-Men and uh, a little bit uh, more accessible and, and fun. Did you feel like Hawkeye and Avengers disassembled reading the Hellfire Gala, just like flying it to the ship, shouting, not like this, not like this? Well, if you're making a, yeah, yes. If you're making a, a Matrix uh, reference, then yes. Not like this is exactly how I... Uh, no, I was, I literally said it was for Avengers Disassembled. <laughs> well, I, I remember that part, but when you say not like this, I think of Matrix. It's very funny that you think that you're, you reading the Hellfire Gala is your picking up the phone and dying from the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, was that Joey Pants does that line? No, it's uh, I forget the name of the character. Oh, the blonde, it's like spiky hair. the blonde, yeah, yeah, the spiky hair. Hackors or her name's like Hacksers. Glitch or something. Like Glitch, that. yeah, sure. Uh, John Dorsey says, "All right, boys, question time. A short list of all-time favorite non-superhero comic artists. Let's say top three non-traditional underground, what have you? Oof. Wow, non-superhero comic what artists. The fuck." Great. <laughs> wow, Pete is mad, instantly mad. I mean, first ones that come to mind. This is definitely not my top three. I'd have to spend more time. But yeah, like, I have off, to off the top of the do dome. Some real research on this. Art Spiegelman, I guess, because Mouse is great. I think Kate Beaton is phenomenal. Um, and uh, is it Paul Chadwick who does concrete? Yeah, dude, that's all. Oh, I was gonna say concrete. There you go. Uh, but yeah, could they? ever have done co or they could never have done a superhero comic or are they just not known for it i mean that's a mm. yeah thank you straight bullet gabriel rodriguez yeah gabriel rodriguez is a good one what about like mike mignola would that count Ooh, that's a that's a good it's like on uh, the edge that's very much on the edge i mean i gotta give it up for mobius uh easy mm -hmm. big answer but also paul Pope. morpheus did you say morpheus yeah morpheus, from the matrix the, uh, artist of our dreams um, what it's definitely Fiona Staples, no question. Uh, but Paul Pope is my big answer, um, and 
famously, I'll throw by, I don't know if I've told this story in a very long time. Paul Pope used to, uh, the restaurant oh, I worked at like a decade yeah. ago, he showed his he showed his art, or he framed his art at the gallery next door. He came in and had lunch. He drew me an original uh, drawing on the placemat of um, the Minotaur that I have framed in my, to this day. Awesome. Uh, that reminds me, this is uh, apropos of nothing other than your story reminded me, but so when we used to have Cliff Chang on the show all the time, I think, I think he, did he give prints to all of us? Yeah. Of stuff yeah. that he signed. So I have those hanging on my wall and there's my son had his birthday this past weekend. And one of his friends who's apparently like reads the DC encyclopedia came over and pointed to Dr. 13 characters. It was like, Oh, yeah. is that blah, blah, blah. And I was like, listen, buddy, I don't know. I have yeah. no idea. But Listen, I was man, so I host a comic book podcast. You're a kid. Get out of here. You're out of the birthday. Anyway, um, here we go. This is from Frederico Rosa. What's the best recent event from Marvel DC? Unboxing my comics from 10 years, and there's a lot of bad stuff. Ooh, Ooh best Ooh. recent event. Well, the undead stuff uh, that DC's doing has been a blast. The Night Terrors, you mean? Yeah, the, the Night no, Terrors. No. Oh, is that what you meant? I thought you meant those crossovers that we talked about. Mm. Um, well, the no, Vampire. the recent nice terror thing that's going nice. on right now. Nice. That is very recent. That's yeah. correct. I I know you, Justin, were talking about not liking this the other day, but it made me think about how much I liked 90% of it, the dark web crossover they did in Spider-Man. <laughs> Great, it was crazy. so goofy and so funny for most of the run, and then it just didn't amount to anything at the end of the day. But most of those issues made me laugh out loud while I was reading them. I really enjoyed it. They were wild. Are you excited that um, Rec Rap has emerged? No, from I'm that? not excited about that. <laughs> That's dumb. Oh, but... wow. You, what is your line? That's yeah, your it seems, it seems a little... I mean, if was, it, the story's fine, I'll love it. I don't care. That's sort of the avatar of that. I mean, I was complaining about this um, uh, on the uh, our Hellfire Gala podcast, but like, I feel like the most uh, the, the crossover that has the biggest effect has been the um, Green Lantern Spectrum issues mm -hmm. that introduced the Spectrum into uh, comics, and because that I think has changed how everyone looks at the character and building out a larger mythology and universe around every hero out there. I'll also throw out there, and this is top of mind because we just mentioned Night Terrors, but the Future State event that DC did yes. last year, that was very impressive in terms of being something that editorially was giving the teams a break so they could do stuff, but they made sure that it was these bold, wild, weird stories that didn't necessarily all work, but that's okay. They're trying stuff. And then a lot of them actually had impact on the main line anyway. So just from a logistical perspective i thought it was really impressive but it was also it was a fun thing to read and a nice break from the regular titles uh looking back i think especially on the heels of the secret invasion tv show it made me nostalgic for the secret invasion crossover event mm -hmm. a great insertion of paranoia into marvel comics and reminds me how i miss those sort of big moments that are very constructed when so many crossovers now are just inciting incident in the book a ton of satellite books and then a, a conclusion at the end and i miss like titanic hits back to back because they had i i legitimately don't remember was war of the realms good i feel like maybe that was good as well 
Um, yes, maybe. What was the, was it Secret Wars where we got like Weird World and all that? Yeah. That was good. Yes. I liked how go. strange that got. Yes. Shout out uh, Ben the Boracali uh, Lazarus Planet, I agree with. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if uh, that worked as an event, but the one yeah. shots were very good. They were great. Um, this is from Michael Tillman. Wait, why doesn't Image send those? Do they not like the free marketing? Um, not to get too into the business or anything, but their Image and most of the publishers send most of the stuff that they make over uh, for review purposes. There are a couple of things that we don't get. We don't get Saga. I'm not sure why, other than maybe it comes in late or maybe they don't care. Um, the Mark Millar titles also don't come over. And we get most of the Marvel stuff, but they didn't send over Hellfire Gala early. I think that was mainly for scheduling things. Like, I think they were probably working on it until the last second, because most of the time they don't even hide the big event stuff or anything like that. So, so I don't know. I mean, obviously I'm not. I think it's, it's because they know they're going to sell and they don't need to push it. Yes. I think from the image perspective, that's the thing where Mark Merlot is like, I don't need the reviews. It doesn't matter. People are going to buy it based on my name. Yeah. I'm just yeah. trying to make money selling Netflix shows, says Mark Millar. Ha. Uh, let's see. Do we... Um, oh, here we go. I can't tell whether this... Here we go. Okay, this is from Stray Bullet. I'm supposed to be in Los Angeles on vacation right now, but Spirit Airlines canceled our flight. Come on, Spirit! that I don't know what to do with my day after the show ends? I'm all turned around now. Any suggestions what Ooh. stray bullet should do with the rest of his day yeah i would go get a beignet dude they're unbelievable and uh you know you should go get them oh yeah right on a fan boat check yeah, out yeah go to preservation hall and listen to some jazz <laughs> all great narland's ideas <laughs> go to the aquarium that's cool uh, just drink yourself silly you'll be fine this is from All in the Game. Are y'all going to check out the new TMNT animated movie? Got my tickets! Can't wait, baby! So, I've seen it. I know Pete doesn't like spoilers. Don't Do you, you want... say a goddamn word! Why don't, you take what? Off your... Why don't you take off your headphones for a second, Pete? Put your earmuffs on. I feel like we're working with a child here. Uh, it's great. It's... Oh, you feel like that now? <laughs> like that? Uh, it's great. I legitimately, I told Pete this in the Slack, but I felt like watching that movie, this was a movie that was lab made for Pete LePage because it's Walt, first of all, other than the original comics, I'm not a huge Turtles guy. Like, there's been stuff that I've liked and enjoyed, but it was the original Eastman and Lair comics that I enjoyed, and then everything else, like, I didn't like the original cartoon or anything like that. But this movie does such a great job of taking the original cartoon, the Eastman and Laird comics, and for Pete's purposes, it's like wall-to-wall -wall 90s hip-hop in the oh soundtrack. Oh, God, he's going to love it. Yes, and it's very funny. It's also Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg doing like their yeah. hangout comedy thing. Um, really, really fun. fun. And the biggest thing about it, the thing that was most exciting for me, is it continues this great trend of post Into the Spider Verse animated movies actually looking like something, like not being yeah. the DreamWorks Making smart. a choice. Making a choice. And this is the, if you haven't seen it, it's from the same director as Mitchell's versus the Machines, oh, which was great awesome. And it's him fantastic. taking that style and pushing it even further in terms of like things looking sketchy and drawn and everything. Yeah. The cast is great. 
Ao Adebri is hilarious as April O'Neil. Um, I think, oh my God, is it Jackie Chan who plays? Uh, is Jackie Chan? I think plays Splinter and is very very funny as well. Best Splinter movie, great Leonardo movie, wildly like. I, I will happily watch a sequel to this one. Pete, you can put your headphones. Oh, back. Wait, let's see if how long we can keep him out. No, oh, okay, and that's why I hated the new TMNT. Oh, movie. come on, dude! I don't care what you say. I'm seeing it. No, anymore. I already said it in Slack. It's tailor made for you. You're gonna love it. From Stray Beans, what if the Ninja Turtles were turned into Frankenstein's in the new movie? Just four Frankenstein. Uh, stop trolling me. Stray you Beans. you are gonna. I am so excited to talk to you after you see it because there are so many things that you're just gonna be like. You're gonna straight up Chris Farley out about this entire movie. I'm, oh man, I'm very excited I can't for wait. It. It's great. Good stuff. Uh, where are we? Do we have any other questions here? Uh, There's a lot of questions in there. Oh boy, sorry, I'm. I lost my place here. Where's Kevin. Uh, oh no. Oh, here we go. Here's one. Uh, Lion Matt says, "Did you guys get to check out the new season of Harley Quinn on Max yet? If so, what did you think of the first three episodes that they dropped? I've watched. Yeah, you watched uh, all." All of them all except for the finale. But have you guys checked it out at all? I'm I'm too deep. What right do you think now. so far, Pete? You're Great, too man. deep, or you're too deep? I'm two episodes into the new season, as I say, too deep. Um, yeah, I'm having a great time. It's a fantastic show. Uh, I want more Kite Man. There's no mm-hmm. Kite Man. He's just playing side characters as different things. So, uh, isn't Kite Man getting a spinoff? Yeah, but that doesn't mean you got to yank him out of the main thing. You know, he was such a fun part of it. Well, get ready. He's not in the first nine episodes. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he is in the first episode. He plays like a side villain. Yes. Yeah. Matt Oberg, the actor, is doing a voice. But Moberg. Yes. I didn't love this season as much. I still love the show, and I think it's better than most other shows on TV. The Joker is great. Joker's great. It's just like there's something about the jokes that's not quite as hitting as hard for me in this season, uh, even though I still enjoy it and I still think it's worth watching. Uh, another show, lots of show questions. This is from Stanley. Have you seen the Good Omen show? It's great. Guys? Uh, yes, I uh, have seen the Good Omen show. Read the Good Omen's book back in the day. Uh, very fun. I I didn't love the first season of it. I did read the book back in the day, but I felt like there was something a little stilted about the first season. Like the second season, a lot better. Like, I think freed from the story of the book and having to honor that and pay homage to that, they went in some really fun directions, lean into Michael Sheen and David Tennant's chemistry. Um, really fun. I I enjoyed it. But it's uh, six episodes per season, so there you go. Very Smart. Nice. Um, uh, what do we got? What else do we got? Um, here we go. Stray Bean says, remember when Batman and Catwoman didn't get married in a special wedding issue event? Oh man. Yeah. That was heartbreaking. I do. Absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, we all knew they weren't going to be like, permanent. we didn't all know that for a second. I thought maybe Batman was going to be happy and, uh, nope. Nice. Well, they, the hard part was, would have been getting Mephisto over the DCU to whisper in Catwoman's ear. Right. Uh, we got a very serious question from Kevin. I was reminded this week that one big difference from the live show days is the guests don't stick around for audience questions. Thoughts? Wait. You know, 
what is Kevin saying? That people who are listening right now have already checked out? Is that what no, he's no, 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 no. What he's saying, so there were different format that we did during the live show where, first of all, we had all the guests at the same time, and then they also were part of the entire show, including right. audience questions. We obviously have changed that now that we're streaming. What do you guys think about that? How are you feeling about it? Well, we, we allow questions. We ask questions from the audience in the interview, so that's uh, set hand Right, that. but I think the idea is getting them to weigh on on what did they think about Good Omens, what did they think about yeah. this other thing. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I agree. It, it, it is more fun that way. But well, the good news, that... Kevin, is that Zalbin's working on getting us a live show, uh, so hopefully uh, we can make that happen sooner rather than I thought than you later. were working on getting us a live no, show. No, remember? You I sent that email. <laughs> I knew that was happening. And then we went back and forth on where to go, and then we decided on a place, and then you said you were going to take care of it. I absolutely did not say that. What are uh, you talking about? Just a little behind the cur- <laughs> further behind the curtain, he was like, I'm working on live shows. I'm thinking the first one will be in late December. <laughs> we could probably do one sooner than that. I want to give people enough time to be able to clear their schedule. There's what? nothing wrong 2025. with 2025. Schedule it for 2025. Oh, that gives God. them plenty of time. Well, I guess we're never doing a live show. Why? Justin, Why won't Justin has it set it up? Justin was supposed to set it up, as we clearly uh, established, and it hasn't. Happened. I guess I'll have to handle it. <laughs> uh, I will say I do love that part of the show. That was very fun. Uh, part of it is not making people hang out all night. Uh, our yeah, shows have got exponentially yeah. longer as yeah. we've been doing streaming. So I don't want to make people hang out that long but well, let's just put it out there you know it's crazy but we the three of us haven't been in the same place in like three years yeah, i've yeah. seen each of you individually mm-hmm. but never the same never all three. Oh man i'd love to make it happen at the place we agreed upon we were going to do the show the top of the empire state building on valentine's day nope no. Well, uh, I don't know where it would be then. <laughs> You're <laughs> please. Nathausen. Do you guys need me to book a venue? Yeah, you you're ready? in charge now. Nathausen <laughs> <laughs> just had a great show at Union Hall. There you go. So he gets it. This is also from Nat. An actual question: Is the MCU ever going to be good again? What do you guys think? <sighs> well, Loki yes. trailer. Yeah, Loki yeah. trailer was great. Um, interesting. Marvels uh, looks fun. Mm-hmm. You're not into it. I'm into I, it. I don't know. I I want it to be good, but like Marvels is the thing that I feel like they've struggled the most with. Is like let's do a, a fun comedy that also is a good like superhero story. Blade's that's gonna like, be great. Mm, that's not oh, coming. Blade, out you're gonna see Blade <laughs> on your deathbed in like however many years. That's that's pushed right? off. Right. Just gotta make it till the screening of Blade, and then I'll kill over. Nice. And then we'll podcast um, from your. I'll do trivia because I'm taking over trivia when you die, right? Oh yeah! Once I die, you yeah. got trivia. All right, man. I thought you were first. dying first, and we're gonna put a podcast to capture your death ra- death rattles. Wasn't that right? I, I'm not necessarily saying I'm 100 percent gonna die first, um, but you know, I live on the edge. So. Yeah, this is actually our next question: Which one of you is going to die first? Oh, oh. dibs. <laughs> Jesus, hard to argue with that. That's dark, bad, but yeah. okay. <laughs> All right, well, that is it for your audience questions. We are going to move on with our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over 
to a little man that I call Pete LePage. A little man? A little, little man, man with, a little man with big ideas. The star of All the right. Dr. Uh, Peter J. LePage. We, we, uh, we need a volunteer. Are we going to donate to charity? What are we looking to do here? What? Are we <laughs> what? Do here? what are we looking to do here? Um, um, yeah, if anybody wants so- to do trivia, just raise your hand and say, hey, I would like to do trivia. We'll have to do it in the comments since we don't have anybody live, but you will potentially win a gift card to either Midtown Comics or Long John Silver's, our favorite fish restaurant, uh, where yes. you can also sometimes pick our, up comics. Our that's canonical. true. I can't Don't believe we have lie to the people. To each other at the that's where we should do the show. We should do the show at Long John Silver's. There is space for a theater audience in a lot of LJS's. <laughs> uh, we got some hand-up action going on here. Ooh, Michael Tillman, hand-up, donate to the venue rental fee. Stray Bullet also put a hand-up. Who And now Towson put a hand-up. What do you want to choose, Pete? Well, should we go by first... I like Matt Towson just says, bring me into the stream. Yeah. <laughs> bring me into the stream, you cowards. <laughs> uh, why don't we go for Michael Tillman? How about that? Oh, all right. Or Straight Bullet. Straight Bullet was first. Whatever you want, man. He's no, had a bad night. Uh, yeah, you're, you're right. You're, you're, you're ragging on... Uh... No, he was not having a bad night because of me. He was having yeah, he a bad was. night because his spirit canceled well, his flight. Yeah, can- he canceled first, his flight. Yeah, and then I canceled spirit, him. He's yeah, no and then you did. It was awful. This poor guy is having a tough time. You the know? only thing Straight Bullet has going for him is that he creates cocktails for us once a week. That's, that's the only thing he's got that, in his life, that's man. That's why he was took that away. To LA. He's got he an unbelievable LA. family. Yeah, he was trying to find a he's new the, comic book show to do co- chef great cocktails. Chef at one of the he's greatest restaurants in the world. I think he's doing great. Now, Alex made the cocktail. He's the official chef, Pete. Times no. have changed. No. Times have changed, Pete. No. Uh, I'm going to be heading down to NOLA end of the month. Stray Bullet, let's go. I'm trying to f- fill in the Pete Wake. Do you need a uh, assistant for your trip or anything like that? I could, t- I could, I could meet you there. How are you on set? Oh, I'm so good. I'm up so. And that's all the time we have for trivia. Yeah, all right. To our winner. Okay, great. Uh, cool. I think it's Stray Bullet. Okay, right? great. So today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend Paul Rubens, R.I.P. Pee-wee. Here we go. Please listen to all three options before making your selection. Here we go. Question number one. There is a new Daredevil number one comic coming out in September. What is your concern? Is it A, that Daredevil is dead, so how are they going to come out with a new number one? B, dude, say less, or is it C, Ralph Seymour? Uh, question number two. Uh, no, I'm just what? kidding. You got to get the first answer. <laughs> I was like, what? Is that the next test? You just rattle them all off? Yeah. I'll give you all three questions, tell you you've won, and then say goodbye. And then say goodbye. Uh, you are correct, uh, uh, Stray Bullet. Uh, yes, B is acceptable. Here we go. Question number two, what if I told you the Mask of the Phantasm is being remastered in 4K? What would you think? Is it A, uh, is that the same as Ultra HD? B, that's crazy. (laughs) Or is it C, Peter Looney? Oh, man, we've truly drifted off. I wish young versions of us could see this right now and, and give notes on what is going on in this show. 
Be like, why aren't you guys in the same room? Why aren't the guests around for audience questions? Serious you questions. You are correct, Stray Bullies. Well done. Um, here we go. Last one. Which Alice would you believe if they told you Umbrella Academy Season 4 is happening and it will be the fi- final season? Is it A, Alice in Chains, B, Alice from Netflix, or is it C, Alice Nunn? He says C. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Wow. Oh, no. Now he said A. Yeah. Is that correct? It is. <laughs> <laughs> because I just asked his opinion, and there are no wrong answers. Well, there you, you really go. Hacks trivia. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Street Bullet wanted to donate to charity. Street Bullet, do you want to drop a link to your charity or something like that in the comments? And Pete, who is your secret? What was your secret movie, or what were you referring to? Uh, we we're talking about the 1985 cult classic Pee Wee's Big Adventure. And yes, Justin. Alice Nunn is a large march. Uh, uh, let me just throw this out. Two things to throw out. Um, Pete, you can't do Paul Romans because Alex already covered it. Um, so let's take that again. Oh, okay, we'll, we'll take it again. Yeah, sure, sure, uh, sure. Second thing, I was uh, waiting for a train in a small town in southern Canada, and there was a crazy-looking man watching Pee-wee's Big Adventure like five days before Paul Rubens died. Whoa. And was I briefly in a Twilight Zone situation? No, it's a very popular movie that people watch all the time. Can I tell you a weirder thing that happened? So Paul Rubens uh, died, and then I picked up my son at camp. He's going to the... um, I won't say what it is on this public podcast, but he's going to a camp where they're they're basically like... camps are. No, 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 but it's like like a robot camp type thing. Like they're studying robot stuff. AI, Alex? Yeah, like he's he's going to chat GPT camp. No, he's going to a robot camp. And one of the things that they were doing at the camp that day was they were talking about Rube Goldberg machines. And so I asked him, normally he tells me nothing. I'm like, you know, it's like pulling teeth of like, what did you do today? What did you do today? What did you do? As kids are wont to do. And today, that day, I asked him, I was like, hey, so how did it go? What did you do today? And he's like, oh, actually, we watched a really funny clip of this guy using a machine to make himself breakfast and his name was p p something p something and i was like wait did you watch the breakfast scene from Wee's big adventure and we said yes and it turns out completely coincidentally like they were going to show it to them anyway and they watched it before it was announced that he had passed away. So, That's wow. Weird. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on here? Who is this? What's who's in the stream? What's you can't happening? Deny Nat Townsend. How does he do it? Your tour manager, Nat Townsend. Listen, <laughs> the people want you in the same room. They want to see a single backdrop, no screen buffering, no latency issues. You hear me? Uh, we can still, there's still going to be some latency issues. We're much older now. That's just yeah, normal just... human comprehension issues. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Nat, I really want to talk to you about your amazing collection you have behind you there. That oh, was really thank impressive. you very much. I got these from all my clients. Wow. <laughs> wow. You get paid in comics. Smart. Nat, we're, as our tour manager, where should we have a live show? What's a good venue to have a live show at? 
Well, you guys, I gotta say, I would look at the Crane Theater on East 4th Street, which is run by Frigid. I know they're looking for, mm-hmm. for events, yes. and they're very they're one of the best HVAC systems in New York, so they've got really high ventilation for anyone who's a little worried about air quality. That's mm-hmm. an option. There it is. You can do Caveat or... Caveat's the one we talked about. Thoughtful, nerd-focused venues that might have people who'd be interested in something that's not a traditional stand-up show, but has a geek culture element to it in their mailing list. So that'd be another option. Caveat's what we talked about. Yeah, it's a big space, and you're going to do a lot of the marketing yourself. I'll tell you that much from experience. However, they've got a big following that would probably overlap with your audience. So, Mm. especially if you booked a guest who is like nerdy sci-fi nerdy, that's like right in there. Okay, okay. And how much of a cut are you taking as our tour? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, my throat. (laughs) Ah, boy, he's gonna he's gonna take an arm and a leg. I know it. Uh, I know it. Accidentally just coughed so hard I spat on that part of the contract, but I bet it's not too much. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. Well, Nat, thank you for your advice. We always appreciate it. I can't believe how much money we pay you. It's honestly disgusting. It's a lot of money, but that's how I pay for these signed copies of Headlopper, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. (laughs) Worth it. Wow. Worth it. Headlopper's phenomenal. It's the only one I could see in the picture that is clear from the spine. <laughs> uh, well, you're also very That's clear from the spine. I, I'm saying that as your doctor, that uh, yeah, so we all take oh, care. Th- of each other. Thanks, Doc. I'm, yeah, it's I'm everyone's dentist. Well, looks like you're clear from the spine. And he played Goodbye. a doctor in a comic book, so he knows. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's honestly pretty much the most I can afford with my insurance. Is... <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't get a fictional doctor. I can't get like B.D. Wong. Even I, I could. I could pay for a guy who was once drawn as a dying doctor. <laughs> I wasn't dying. <laughs> He's still alive. He's still out oh, there. That's Justin. Sorry, Justin. Yeah, died. Justin died. I Justin died. died. I also died. Sorry, he got split by an axe. Justin also died. He, yeah, he you did. just. Not died. Justin doesn't understand how comics work. He's never read Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud, so he doesn't oh, understand, you mean understand that there's. Comics by Scott McCloud? Hey! 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 Oh! Oh! All right. I don't know right. my previous appearances uh, from this vantage point. But... Uh, Nat, thank you so yes, much for coming on. Thank you for your oh, advice. I can't we wait appreciate it. you in New York City in the flesh and touch all three of your bodies at the same time. Oh! <laughs> we do it. We always hold hands in a little circle. Uh, Stray <laughs> Bullet needs a date so he can book up. Book his trip to NYC and then have the flight be canceled the night before. Oh, <laughs> don't oh, jinx him like her. that. That's not nice. It's, it's too soon. It's too soon. Tell him a fake date and then he'll book a flight for that and then it'll get canceled and he'll have time to make it to the real date. All right. Oh. It is. We're going to Friday, uh, February 14th <laughs> on top of the Enter Empire State Building. That's Stop. what it'll be. Wear Stop red. Pushing Meet me there. Valentine's Day Wear red agenda. for Superman. You're already yeah. married. You don't need to do this. There's no laws against marrying more than one person. Uh, you can marry of your podcast host at yeah. sea. <laughs> you can Jedi marry him. That's bring for sure. Bring flowers for Krakoa and nah, nice. formally. Yeah. yeah. All right, Nat. Thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. We appreciate your advice. Goodbye. See you soon. Bye. Bye. All right. There we oh, go. It's great to have that. Always great to have him. Before we wrap up here, new comic books coming out all the time. What are you guys looking forward to that is coming out this week? Oh, boy. Uh, 
Oh yeah. Oh, boy. I I'll I'll take this. Um, uh, yes. Oh, you're gonna go first this time? Yeah, yeah. Uh, tired <laughs> of you waiting for me uh, to say my name. So, City Boy number three, very excited hey. about. Uh, and then the Sandman Universe special number one, as mm. well as Adventures of John Kent, Superman number six. Interesting, interesting. Justin, what about you? What are you looking forward to? Um, I gotta, excuse me, I have to shout out uh, Doctor Strange number six by Jed McKay. I oh, love uh, Jed McKay. I love this run. This issue looks really interesting, setting up a potential villain that will become a, a bit of a bigger thing. Uh, also, X-Men 25. Moving, mm -hmm. I've uh, laser-focused on the X-Men now after Hellfire Gala. I'm curious to see how each of these little pieces are going to uh, continue on. Well, the stack's going to be an interesting conversation. Sure yeah. is. A couple of things I'm looking forward to that coming out this week. Sacrificers, number one, from Image Comics. This is mm, Rick Romero, yeah. Max Buck. This oh, is ooh. well always interested in a Rick Remender book. So, oh yeah, uh, I believe this is the issue that was released on Free Comic Book Day. So if you saw that, you know what this is about. But always excited about that sort of thing. Quest number one, also from Image Comics. This is a Jonathan Quest, yes. book. Always very curious to check those out because I like Jonathan yeah. Luna's art in particular. Uh, and another one that I, I was very curious about and I'm curious to hear you guys talk about fire and ice. Number one from yeah, Dynamite yeah. by Bill Willingham. I thought this was a Conan thing. It is not a Conan thing. No. It's kind of a Conan thing. Yeah. Kind no, of. I have, not... I have a take uh, that I'll show. Ooh, very excited we'll, to hear we'll it. All of those it. are going to be at our stack podcast that posts Wednesday, 9am both in its, dedicated stack feed as well as the comic book club feed and folks that is it for this week's shoe a couple Ooh. of people you want to thank we want to thank jamie Rotante and vin yes. lavallo for coming on and talking about all their archie comic stuff also yep. ethan s parker griffin sheridan and bob quinn to talk about kill Very your cool. darlings which is Very out good. on september 6th bunch of things we want to plug next week's guest we got panico mundial to talk about panico press tracy butler to talk about lackadaisy and ramsey is going to be back on the show to talk about mega city max nice a couple of other podcasts you can check out sons of a gun our dc podcast rolling out weekly with dc news and views and reviews marvel vision our marvel podcast we just wrapped up secret invasion everybody's favorite show but we've also got some news stuff going in there as well riverdale after dark our riverdale podcast wrap it up oh Final man episodes of the show this month oh, God. Ah, oh my forever. god patreon.com slash comic book club to support this show what are we gonna the shows do? We do don't forget to subscribe on apple and Android, Spotify, not Stitcher, because that's going away the end of August. If you're subscribed on Stitcher, please subscribe elsewhere at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram and TikTok, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, good night. Take care, everybody. Good night, everybody.